When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's September 22nd, 1656, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It was on this day that the earliest all-female jury in colonial America was called to try Judith Catchpole, who was a young maidservant who was being tried for the crimes of witchcraft and infanticide. Now, the story is a direct repudiation of the popular belief that female jurors didn't make an appearance in North America until a good few hundred years later. So poor Judith had been the subject of a vicious rumour campaign during her voyage from England to Maryland by boat. She was going to work as an indentured servant, so she already didn't have the best future on the cards and on the yeah. voyage she became the subject of persecution by an unnamed male servant who accused her of hiding a pregnancy which is convenient because obviously she didn't look pregnant no one had ever seen her pregnant or with a baby tricky place to hide a pregnancy isn't it a ship yes, on a where boat. you can't a get a tiny off. ship yeah in the middle of the ocean <laughs> and then he accused her of murdering the secret baby which would explain why no one ever saw it uh, an assorted act of malicious witchcraft i have the police statement in fact andrew wilcox sworn and examined Saith <laughs> that William Bramhall's manservant that died said, I mean, already you're a few steps away. <laughs> this is already obviously hearsay. <laughs> that when the murther was done, I didn't know they couldn't spell murder in 1656. That's interesting. All yeah. the people and seamen in the ship were asleep. She had cut the skin of a maid's throat when she was asleep, then sewn it up again without waking her. There's yeah, a bit of a pattern trick. to these rumours, isn't there? <laughs> Catchpole was also supposed to have pricked a seaman in the back with a knife the manservant had ground Dutch fashion. Yeah, Never I couldn't that work phrase. out what that was. No, it's a ground knife Dutch fashion. I thought it was like a shank or something. Do you think that's <laughs> what it is? For cutting cheese? I don't know. Following <laughs> which, she rubbed a little grease into the man's back and he stood up again. That's the witchcraft bit, right? That she killed him and then she put some sort of ointment on him and he came back from the dead. But yeah, it's so weird that like this unnamed manservant went around just telling people this same story that ended up eight months after Judith's arrival in colonial Maryland with her going to court over it. And really, as far as she was concerned, she'd never done anything of the sort. And as far as pretty much every other witness who was involved in the case was concerned also, this was all just nonsense. It was all just made up nonsense. And obviously the most serious charge was the infanticide, and that was really the only thing that could be corroborated. So what mm. they did was they empanelled this jury of women because the case hinged on this question of had she been pregnant and given birth. So the judges called for an all-female jury to physically examine her. It was seven married women and four single women. 
And what was interesting about this, aside from the fact that they were all female, it also reflects what at the time was a contemporary notion that jurors could be selected because of their familiarity with the Mm. matter at hand. Well, rather Mm. than now, obviously, we expect an impartial, random jury of peers. But at the time, it was considered quite normal that if you were trying a woman who was accused of having had a secret pregnancy, well, get some women who've been around pregnancy and given birth themselves, and they'll be able to tell you. And that they acted in a quasi-investigative fashion, that they also would look at this woman and determine whether she had any of the signs of, you know, recently having given birth. And then they would submit that evidence as part of their trial. So they weren't just these impartial people sitting off to the side, deciding her innocence or guilt. They were involved in it. And I don't really understand why that was the case, because it was, uh, I think, a spin-off of what we had in England, which was the so-called jury of matrons, which existed Mm. in English law from the 14th century until 1930. specifically to determine whether a woman was pregnant. And what I don't understand about that is, yes, of course, I do understand that 12 random women are more likely to be able to determine that than 12 random men, especially then with limited knowledge of biology. But doctors, who were all men in 1656, surely one doctor, without putting someone through the trauma of being examined by 12 women in a group, (laughs) one doctor would have been able to determine whether or not she had been pregnant. I just find that bizarre. You're right that this jury of matrons concept continued to be used up until 1931. But in the 20th century, it was more a case of the jury of matrons would be called upon to listen to the testimony of a doctor who would likely have been a man. Uh, But before then, when even doctors would not have been able to tell with any, you know, certainty whether or not a woman was pregnant, this jury of matrons was called upon. So this practice is first recorded in England in the 13th century. And Going forward from there, whenever a woman was sentenced to death and claimed to be pregnant, they had to determine whether or not that was true. It was called pleading the belly, and the principle was that you can't kill a woman who's pregnant because you're essentially taking two lives. So, uh. what, But what they would do to get this jury of matrons, you know, the average woman didn't really want to volunteer to be on this, but male and female spectators would be in the court women obviously didn't have any part of the legal process but they would be in court as spectators as soon as a female defendant made the claim in court the jury would be impaneled from women who were just there and sometimes Mm. they would have to lock the doors to stop the women from rushing out so they would be (laughs) called in and then give the defendant an examination and then they would give their verdict as to whether or not she was really pregnant well, spoiler on the final verdict from 1656, the jury <laughs> did determine that the guy was a bit mad. Yeah. And looked at now, it sounds like a paranoid schizophrenic fantasy, doesn't it? Like you're on right. a ship, God knows what you've been eating, you're probably fairly miserable, you're surrounded by slaves and scurvy and death. You, you could imagine someone's just had a hallucination where they've seen this. He might have really thought that he'd seen this. Or that he'd been wronged by her or something, then he was trying to spread malicious rumours to discredit her and have her locked up. I did have a look to see if the UK had ever had any all-female juries. They did, in a very strange case from 1968. So women had been eligible for jury service in England and Wales since 1919, but they'd included a provision that enabled, well, it enabled either gender to be excluded from juries in cases that might involve inappropriate subject matter. And obviously this was aimed towards making sure that women weren't involved in cases that were deemed to be too gruesome or too sexual. But in 1968, uh, a judge, Thesiger, used this provision to instead exclude men, the first and only instance in English legal history of men being excluded from a jury. The case, uh, not too dissimilar to the Judas Catchpole case, actually, his reasoning was that the case concerned a woman who'd been accused of manslaughter of her three-year-old niece who had died after being scalded in the bath. And the judge felt that women would be more familiar with 
bathing babies and whether or not you could Mm. make that mistake, you know, in good faith. But the defence attorney commented in the press that it would be, quote, very difficult for 12 women without stability of any man being present to apply an objective mind. Well, I mean, fascinatingly, many of the arguments that were being mounted against women being jurors in the early 20th century, so long before that actually happened over here in the UK, tended to be the same arguments that were being made against women having suffrage. Well, because they're tied together, aren't they? Once you give them the vote, you have to let them serve on jury, really. You've lost the argument. Yes, which which is what happened uh, in most places. But it was kind of like women, it would be disruptive to women's responsibilities in the home or that jury duty might be problematic for women's perceived delicate nature. And there was this 1927 article in in the New York Times that claimed that courts would have to tend to fainting fits and outbursts of tears if women were to be included as potential jurors. And then this other great thing that I found, an argument that was being made in the media for why women shouldn't be allowed to be on juries was that if there was a handsome male criminal uh, that the women would let that person go free but the counter argument was that men were already being swayed by beautiful women criminals and so women on juries would help to counteract that negative effect and in the states slowly state by state women were allowed to serve on juries some not until the 1960s in 1911 was california's first all-female jury The case there was the trial of newspaper editor A.A. King and the charge against him was obscenity. Was he hot? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They did let him off. He must be because he got off, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He he had quoted in print an insult that was levelled at him, which was described at the time, I think this is brilliant, as an insult that, quote, cast aspersions on King's parentage with the condemnation of the creator prefix. (laughs) God damn bastard. I guess. (laughs) You got it. It has to be that. (laughs) Amazing you'd go to court for that, isn't it? And also, yeah, the women, they didn't seem to see a problem with it because they found that uh, King was not guilty. Not least of all because I suppose he was printing an insult that had been directed at him. So I guess they were like, this was something that actually happened to you and it's within your rights to tell people about it. It took them 20 minutes to deliberate. I do wonder whether men are more partial to grandstanding in a 12 angry people setting. Interestingly, the first women jurors, not the first complete all-female jury in Northern America, was in the state of Wyoming. And it followed the fact that in 69, Wyoming women had been given the right to vote, which was amazingly ahead of its time. And this Chief Justice for the Territory, John H. Howe, assumed that that privilege would extend to jury service. So he extended the right to have uh, women sit on a jury in 1870. And he noted that there was this vast improvement in the jury system. System, which is a direct response to your question about whether you know men are grandstanding in the jury type situations. But then, if the logic about them flirting with each other follows through, then the men would be showing off to the women in a mixed gender courtroom, wouldn't they? Maybe. We get it. You're terrible in all scenarios. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of men. That's the solution. <laughs> Tomorrow. Page three o two. What would you find on there? I'm going to say lottery results. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 